Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece Wick Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. your hearts, open up your minds, open up your chests and your stomachs and your intestines because gods are here gods are inside of you and you are inside of gods let's all get inside of each other with a new episode of American Godcast I'm Alex normally I speak on my godhead and godhood but uh, Alex just sort of freaked me out with his sexual <laughs> sort of sexual talk yeah, well, you know. Uh, I'm a little off my God game now. I feel like... I was going to say something about video games and Pong and how that's like sort of the new altar oh, we I all worship at. I could have gone with that instead. Yeah, okay, but you went with yep. sort of a sex thing. That's yeah, fine. Well, no, there was, you know, the episode was like 50-50. Silence! I'm Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and you are listening to American Godcast and American Gods Podcast. We're going to be talking about the fourth episode of the second season. I think I got that right. Fourth episode, right? Uh, the greatest story ever told. And oh yeah. boy, do we have a story to tell you. That's a cocky name for an episode. It is. That's really confident. Well, well uh, what did you think about this episode, though? I like this episode a lot. Um, it, this is the first episode where it felt like we got to really be inside the new gods a little bit more. And that's been fun. We talked a lot about how the previous season we really liked um, the stories of the old gods. And we're missing that this season. And then we get a little bit of that uh, sort of a it's not a direct origin of one of the new gods but it's sort of a backstory on uh, technical boys uh, biggest worshiper or most powerful worshiper yeah the structure of this episode as well as the way it was shot to me felt the closest to getting towards a season one episode and you're dying for that you're a real season one american god yes yeah. i worship season one season yeah. two i'm like uh, maybe maybe I'll go occasional Sundays. You're an old season. You're on the old side <laughs> of old season. I'm on the side of new season. Are you really? Yeah, I've been liking oh, uh, this episode okay. especially. I thought this felt like you. I could see this episode as a template for a, a, a series like this that would run for many, many seasons. Interesting. Because uh, it does feel like American Gods as a show is heading toward a big conflict and then sort of ends. Like, right. 
but the way this episode was structured and played out, I felt feel like this could be an ongoing drama I could see for I'm, many, many seasons. To that point, I'm still having a very difficult time weaving the real-world stuff out of the show stuff when I'm watching this and kind of try to parse, like, okay, is this the reason that everybody left? Well, what are they figuring out there? Certainly, mm. they're doing a lot of... Uh, on screen figuring out with the new media character, what that means, how that works, etc., uh, which feels a little creaky to me. Um, but to your point, uh, we talked about this last episode, they renewed American Gods for a third season, but didn't say a third and final season, which I believe was the original plan. Yeah. So I think what stars wants to happen is cool. Let's keep this going forever. This is great. We have no hits. Yeah. <laughs> We've got outlander. That's it. Let's, let's do this show. We're all in where, and it seems like Neil Gaiman at least is like, yep, I'm on board. Great. Let's do whatever. He's all in on TV now. Yeah. But my guess, particularly based on this episode, is that uh, Brian Fuller and Michael Green were like, no, we want to concentrate on this three-season plan. This is what we want to do. We're going to stick with it. And that's not, that didn't gel with what was going on behind the scenes. That's a fight. That's a classic uh, old God, new God fight. It's Mm. uh, money versus uh, creatives. It really is. I mean, that's crazy when you think about it. (laughs) And... A lot of that does play out on screen. To give you guys the recap of what has happened so far, there's a guy named Mr. Wednesday. He's actually Odin. He's traveling around America, repping the old gods, starting this war with the new gods, who are led by a guy named Mr. World, played by Crispin Glover. And Mr. World has two two lieutenants. He has Technical Boy, and he has now New Media. New yeah. Media and Technical Boy, a lot of crossover there. Yeah, a little too close for comfort. Right, and that's playing out on screen. They're trying to figure them uh, each other out, who is in charge, who exists, who has a right to exist. And Technical Boy has been really fucking up. He uh, messed up this deal with Argus. Uh, Argus died last episode, or I guess temporarily died, and will probably come back at some point later yeah. in some other form. taken off the board. Argus, uh, which is the all-seeing eye, I guess, technically, right? Uh, that has all the information, and uh, Wednesday sent Laura Moon in and iced him to the neck. Now, Laura Moon is the dead wife of Shadow Moon, who is Mr. Wednesday's driver. Laura doesn't appear at all this episode, so forget I ever said her. Mad Sweeney? (laughs) Don't even know who that is. I have no idea. Uh, But Shadow Moon is just a regular dude, or is he? Interesting. That's what he's trying to figure out, why Mr. Wednesday is so interested in him, why all these gods are so interested in him. That definitely comes to play in this episode. Uh, And what else? Do you need to know? Oh, the other thing you need to know is uh, Shadow, after getting into a train crash, stumbled his way over to the mortuary of uh, Monsieur Jacquel and Ooh. Mr. Ibis. Yeah. And uh, he was told he was going to have a good night's sleep there. Oh, uh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> but did he sleep? I don't think so. Yeah, dude. He uh, and uh, the other gods uh, that you should probably know about this episode, there's Bilquis, who temporarily was working with Mr. World, even though she's an old sex god. Uh, and Mr. Nancy, a.k.a. Anansi, who is the trickster story spider god uh, from Africa, played by Orlando Jones. Yeah. And now we get into it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't actually start off with any of our main characters. It starts off, as you mentioned, with 
a flashback, a story, which I loved. I yeah, this, this was is great. great. I feel like this is such a thing that uh, modern uh, peak TV shows do is just start telling a story with the characters you don't know about, and only later do you find out how it weaves into the f- overarching narrative. This was a fun one. It's a kid who's like playing Pong, playing piano, playing Pong. Classic uh, new stuff versus old stuff. This is uh, literally what my daughter does. <laughs> she does this all the time. She's like... Uh, you should the, update your game system. Uh, no, I don't think so. You're starting her at we're Pong. Good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. No, it's actually not game system. It's reading, which is a totally fine thing. But she'll get like super engrossed in a book and will say, hey, you have to practice your violin. Hey, you have to practice your vi- practice yeah. your violin. She's like, what? Runs into the other room, practices violin in like five minutes and comes back and she's back to reading. Wow. Uh, so I, I really felt this sequence. Man, she is like just, that's both, those are both good things. Uh, it's what, great. I which one's that. her advice? Reading? Uh, Vices are reading, yeah. Yeah, definitely. What a nightmare. (laughs) It's the worst. The kids never have them. So (laughs) this kid is going back and forth between game systems and music. His father loves and worships music, loves and worships Bach, and he uh, worships computers, the son. Uh, At college, he figures out a way to meld the two, creates essentially an early AI computer program that is able to generate its own music. His father loves it. Uh, Does by, he? Well, he loves it, and then he finds out it's in a computer, and you can yeah. see his heart falling. It was, this was such a great... I mean, this is what, like five, seven minutes of yeah. the episode? And it was such just a great like little short story thing where this, the father wants his son to be interested in classical music, and he's a great pianist, but he pursues a career in computers, and then he melds... He has like this moment of... Uh, this. Uh, what am I thinking of? The, like inspirational moment. And he combines the two... And the the father's so excited, and then he finds out a computer wrote it. He is, like you said, absolutely heartbroken. Yeah. And then he dies. The next he, thing that we see happens is the father dies. They're at the funeral. The music is playing, the music that was composed by this computer, and it summons Technical Boy. Uh, it's a little unclear whether this is the birth, this is the uh, first time we've seen Technical Boy. Uh, my guess, having watched through the whole episode, uh, is no. No. This is essentially summoning him. They're worshiping Technical Boy. He comes to this funeral, appears in front of the boy. Everybody is taken over by uh, EDM dance music and beats. Yeah. It starts rocking out a little bit of that funeral. That was great. I yeah. love that sequence. So good. And I want a party funeral. You know, I yeah. want to have a real, like, yeah. We should EDM. mention our third co-host, Pete, is feeling pretty sick. So what do you think? Would he want a party funeral if he dies from this uh, throwing up he's going to do he, right he wants to um, be uh, laid to rest and have the wake at the subway below the theater <laughs> that we record uh, our podcast in. Yeah. It's, that's where he feels most comfortable. Yeah, they close that subway, but he still goes there every day and yeah, just comes back with food. Which it is still very smells like uh, old meatballs, <laughs> which is what Pete loves about subway, apparently. So. Uh, that's gross. Uh, so moving into the episode, though, then we cut forward to Shadow Moon, who is sleeping, or rather uh, not sleeping, because he fucks a cat. He fucks a cat, which yes. we all saw coming. Yeah, that's that's one way of getting pussy. <laughs> Alex, <geez. laughs> What? Oh, man, that, uh, uh, that is true, Alex. <laughs> yes. That is 100% true. Yes, it's accurate. Um, and like they always say, if you want to fuck the cat, you're going to get scratched. <laughs> uh, so to give you a little more backstory here, um, Shadow Moon is having sex with a strange woman. Right. Uh, above a funeral home, as you do. Yeah. And uh, then uh, it gets crazy. She starts licking the wounds, mm-hmm. uh, wound uh, scab licking. Yep. Uh, classic fetish. And then uh, he wakes up and it's a cat. Now, it's been a while since I read the book. I yeah. 
feel like I vaguely remember this is almost like the melding of two different scenes because doesn't uh, we talked about this last season and I know people who listened to the podcast uh, corrected us or not, but uh, Soria, sort of that three God, that three Russian God. Yeah. I thought he had sex with her on the roof and that's kind of what the scene was. Like oh, she yeah. snuck into his room. Yeah. Not a cat God, which is what this is. Um, so I think it's kind of a melding of two different things, but I could be totally wrong because again, it's been a couple of years since I read the book. Yeah. I think he has sex with the cat in the book oh, too. All right. Great. Uh, he has sex with the moon. He has sex with the cat. Yeah. He's having a busy, good time. Busy. Yeah, when you're hanging fun. with the gods, you're hanging and banging. He's loose. He's cut loose. He's out there. His wife died. Let a, let a player play. Yeah, let him hang and bang. Let him hang and bang. Uh, then we get a very graphic autopsy, um, which yes. I did not enjoy that. No? It was very graphic. I don't know. I'm not usually affected by seeing something like that, but yeah. this one I was just not happy about. This was... I, uh, I was okay with it, but I think uh, if I was to venture a guess, it was that it wasn't actually gross. It was just technical. You know, like it wasn't blood spurting everywhere, so it was fun or anything like that. It was literally just uh, Mr. It's Monsieur Jacquel is the one, right? Uh, Peeling back this woman's skin, uh, getting below it, and then sewing her back up eventually, I guess. It was just so close to the sex scene where I was like... (laughs) Just uh, juxtaposing those two things. I right. Thought was, and that's uh, probably purposeful, yeah, right? Yeah, no, it was, an, it was very effective because it was unsettling. Yeah. Um, uh, talking about the nature of death, Wednesday shows up and he's like, don't tell him where his <laughs> wife is. Right. Shadow Moon, of course, not realizing that Mr. Wednesday is right behind him, telling him, no, 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 don't say anything about that. Yeah. Uh, but he does turn out to be super refreshed because of his cat sex. Uh Good hot tip for anybody. If you want a good night's sleep, have sex with a cat, right? A lot of Olympic athletes do that before really? the big... Yes. It's really? A, a, the Olympic Village is rife with sex, <laughs> cat sex. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, somebody should do something about that. Moving on, though, uh, after that, they get into a car and they head to a Motel America diner, which is staffed by Kali, the Destroyer God. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. fun. I really enjoyed that scene a lot. Uh, they... Go through this whole speech. Mr. Wednesday tries to explain that they're there to see money, to recruit money to their side. To li- he literally breaks down what money is, which right. I found informative. Yeah. I've, I've been crumpling it up and throwing it at the gutter. Yeah, exactly. I've been just carrying gold whenever I want something. Right. Uh, so it's great to realize that paper takes the place of money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and if I wanted mm-hmm. a salt shaker. Well, can we jump ahead a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, to talk about this money thing, just because we're starting to get on this particular thread. So the short version of this plot line is they're trying to get money on their side. Uh, Money comes in as a bunch of Girl Scouts, essentially. Uh, Turns out Shadow Moon has absolutely no identifying characteristics whatsoever. No credit. No credit. Uh, So Money gets super upset about that. They manage to power through that anyway, and by the end, Mr. World, Mr. Wednesday, and Money, who is William Sanderson? Yes, who I know as the voice actor from the Batman, the animated series two-part episode... um, Called, I think his silicon soul is what it is. Uh, when the a robot, there's a Bruce. It's when they do the robot clones. Uh-huh. One of my favorite uh, Batman the animated series episodes. Huh. He played the guy that ran the factory. I think his name is Rossum or something like that. Oh sure, uh, great. And I just he, this actor pops up in a lot of <laughs> things, and he's great. Uh, yeah, that's uh, he was definitely one of those faces where I was like, no, I know that guy. Wait, how, no, it's not that guy. No, yeah. it's not that guy. Which guy is it? Uh, so they have this uh, meeting and. 
they talk about whether money is going to come over to their side. Mr. Wednesday gives a very impassioned plea. Mr. World is like, I don't care. Do yeah. whatever you want. Uh, and yeah. ultimately, money decides not to choose a side, which is good for Mr. World. But the reason I wanted to kind of run through this quickly is get a sense from you what your take on money in society is, which I know oh, obviously shit. is a big... Okay, no problem. <laughs> no it's problem. bullshit, man. We got to take it down. <laughs> Bitcoin, throw out the system, uh, well, Thunderdome. Uh, I guess what I mean by it is that I felt like when Mr. World breaks up the point where he's like, money isn't paper, you idiot. It's all ones and zeros. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, right. Okay, none, none of this matters. This... Money, whatever this money is, clearly seems like a very old bunny type guy. Yeah, Larry uh, King. He looks like Larry King. He looks like Larry <laughs> King, exactly. He throws down a bunch of change and crumpled yeah. up dollar bills at the end of the thing. So to me, it almost felt like the new gods, they already have money. Like, they don't need this. Whatever... Yeah that Mr. Wednesday is actually backing the wrong horse there was my take on things. Uh, my takeaway, uh, first off, I really liked the Girl Scouts as a way of showing what money is. Um, yeah. Like sort of the the youngest, when you're growing up and you like learn about money, Girl, Scout is su- Girl Scouts are such a like transactional like uh, lesson in what money is. I thought yeah. that was cool. And then I think, uh, well, first off, I think Wednesday's uh, Mr. Wednesday's always always playing Shadow. At the top of the scene with the Girl Scouts, he's basically saying Shadow's worthless because he doesn't have any credit. Right. And I think he's he's just prepping him. Everything is just a con on, on Shadow to make him more and more vulnerable to what Wednesday wants him to do. Right. Uh, and he's clearly tricking him this episode. Yeah. I mean, I think we can talk a little freely uh, now that Pete's not here yeah. since he hasn't read the book. Uh, but it's pretty clear that... What Mr. Wednesday is doing when he tells, uh, like, th- when it's revealed that Shadow has no identifying characteristics whatsoever, yeah, that's a pretty big tell. Like, that's somebody that he needs. That's something that he wants. And also, when he completely negs Shadow Moon and says, you're worthless, nobody cares about you, uh, nobody living or dead, as far as I'm aware, is the line, yeah. which is ludicrous because Shadow knows that Laura Moon is literally dead and is coming after him constantly. And he also knows that Wednesday needs him because right. there's no reason he would keep him around so much. So I, I thought that was a that was a great exchange. And I mean, we do know some of what happens uh, because we have read the book, but this was such a good episode to set that up because uh, Wednesday's keeping Shadow. Shadow exists outside of this game uh, yeah. of old gods versus new gods. So that's important for him. So he's keeping him still off the table so that he can use him as a weapon later on, uh, I think. And I think while it seems like Wednesday makes a mistake with money, what I think Wednesday was actually doing here was getting money off the table for either side. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's, it seemed like he was pleading and just didn't do a good job, and Mr. World is so confident. But I think when money walks away, that's it. Money, and money's a powerful... You don't think there's a new money? Uh, I don't think so. Because what Mr. World says is money is ones and zeros. Like you, Old money versus new money doesn't matter, I think, in this. Right. Money's just... The, the abstract concept, and right. now it's out. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I guess I could see that. The other interesting thing that happens at that end of that scene is Mr. World says, I am not your enemy Yeah, to Mr. Wednesday. And they've even kind of had this horrible team up in season one, so they, we know that they're not totally against each other. But the question then is, if Mr. World is not Mr. Wednesday's enemy, who is Mr. Wednesday's enemy? Well, I think uh, Wednesday's enemy is just uh, being out of touch, like right. losing worshipers and just dying off. So I think 
that's why Mr. World isn't his enemy. They all have the same enemy, which is like just loss of time. Time, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, uh, us too. Oh, jeez. Uh, no, we're gonna do this forever. Yeah, but I'll still fight all of the old versions of us. Yeah, uh, we're the young ones, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. We're the new <laughs> podcast hosts. Yep. We got to take down those old podcast hosts, oh, like man. Mark Maron. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> what the fuck, that guy? Yeah, he's our Odin. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mark Marin, if you ever want to do our podcast, just let us know. Please, we'd oh love my to God, have you. That would be really that would be big for so us. cool. Oh, be huge. <laughs> that would be a huge thing. We don't you're, want to turn that down. You're like our money. <laughs> we should go and find him in a diner. Yeah. He'd we, like that. He'd love that. He loves eating out. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, how that plays out and what value this war is in helping them get more worshipers, I don't. No. Right. Uh, one other note that I wanted to mention about this beyond all of the Shadow Moon stuff, uh, on the, this episode was on a better level for me than the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Crispin Glover and Ian McShane, they're both amazing actors. Yeah. Every time they walk in, they make the scene better. Like, Chris Glover is so purposely weird and shy. That's literally his thing. That's literally his <laughs> in thing. In every but aspect like, it's of it's so thing. intensely weird, and Ian McShane is so casually intense yeah. that putting them in a scene together elevates everything. And yeah. the fact that they were all over this episode, I do feel like uh, Technical Boy is far less dangerous than he was in the previous season, you know, just because they're using him a lot more. Granted, we'll catch to this in a moment, but it seems like he's done, at least for the time being. Yeah. But it it doesn't have the same power as Crispin Glover walking into a scene. You know, it it just, it makes it... From an acting point of view. From an acting point of view, but I also think what worked about the first season of the show is that it did feel very ethereal. It felt like it was on another level. It felt like it was a dream you were watching a lot of the time. Right. And a lot of this season so far feels like I'm watching a TV show. Right. Uh, But when Crispin Glover comes in, that changes it exponentially. Right. That's all. No, I agree with you. Uh, should we jump back and talk about? You want to do Bill Quist, Mister Nancy? Yeah, uh, let's Mr. do it, Monsieur Jacquel. Jacquel. Uh, there's a, so the the woman that uh, Monsieur Jacquel is um, conducting the autopsy on. Um, her funeral happens, and there's only one person there, uh, which is sort of sad. Yeah. Um, but Bill Quist comes, and then Mister Nancy comes, and they get into uh, just a discussion about uh, about. Well, there's a discussion about um, this woman's life that Bilquist is sort of having this dialogue and pushing back on the fact that she's a, a Christian, sort of shitting right. on Jesus, like, what's he ever done for you kind of stuff. And by the end of that, uh, in this episode, she's, it feels like this woman is becoming a worshiper of right. Bilquist, which... Um, it's it's interesting to me, I mean, to loop back to the I'm not your enemy thing, this is definitely not what happens in the book, but yeah. we touched on Jesus a couple of times in this show, right? Yeah. Uh, it hasn't necessarily seemed to be a thing, but this episode we had the discussion with Bill Cliss and the woman, what's her name, Ella Goodchild or yeah. something like yeah, that? She's <laughs> yeah, she later introduces Mrs. Goodchild. Right. Uh they're very aggressively talking about why do you worship Jesus? Why are you into Jesus? Uh, and technical boy, one of the last things he does is he puts himself up as the cross and I believe quotes Jesus. Yeah. It, 
it's again, it's not a big part of the book at all because it is really between these very ancient old gods and the new gods of technology. But it would be interesting if Jesus is in. Nobody take offense to this, but the ultimate enemy here, because clearly Christianity, Catholicism is the number one worship worship in America other than technology. Yeah. So if you're looking for a threat to the old gods, yeah, it's Jesus. It's not really technology, right? Well, but I guess also, though, Jesus is the old god that sort of figured it out. Right. Has kept uh, stayed relevant through all this as these other gods are falling away. Jesus is like strong. Yeah. So. I, I just want to see them kick the shit out of Jesus. That's I, all. And I, I agree with you. It is weird <laughs> that they glanced on that in the first season, and then that's not the main thrust of it. But I feel like they just don't want to have a show where it's like, let's kill Jesus. <laughs> right. Um, so that's just the nature and that's, of it. I wish they would almost avoid it entirely. I understand yeah. that's a weird thematic thing to do because they are trying to say relevant things about religion. But to your point, there's nothing fun about that. Like, it's way more fun to watch Odin go up against yeah. technology than it is for Odin and technology to team up to kill Jesus. Maybe that's the end of the season. It's just Jesus is like, I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> it comes out with two guns. Exactly. Sweet. And it just lights up the room. Uh, the other side of this, uh, Mr. Nancy, Bill Quist, and Jaquel stuff, is they, um, uh, sitting in the funeral parlor, have this great conversation about race and what it means to be black in America. And man, Mr. Nancy's speech is so good. Yeah, it's Orlando Jones gave the slave ship monologue in season one. I believe it was the second or third episode of season one. That is yeah. one of the high water points of the episode uh, series. Serious, yeah. Uh, so this felt like a return to that. It's not quite as strong, but the way the scene was filmed and the way the scene was played it built so well. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, Orlando Jones is sitting in a chair the entire time and just builds in intensity over the course of it. And the one of the final shots where he's talking and yelling at them and saying, Soria died, but yeah. if it was a black god, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Chernobog would not raise his hammer even one bit. And defining what slaves are, defining who they are, and uh, talking about we have three black gods in the same room. Why aren't we doing something about this? They hold on that camera angle far away yeah. uh, Orlando Jones sitting in the chair, Bilquis right in the center, uh, Monsieur Jacquel kind of peeking out from behind her, sort yeah. of shifting around a little bit. Yeah. It was so interesting. It, it was really it was cool. so good, and it really helped build the power of that monologue as well. And I I also like, first off, they talked about some like things going on in the world right now. Like he cost, mentioned the rebranding of the alt-right and stuff. Like, like yeah. it felt just very present and of the moment in a great way. Not to keep going behind the scenes, but the rumor was that Orlando Jones uh, came in and was rewriting a lot of stuff on the fly on the set. To me, it almost felt like that was a scene that he probably rewrote. That's while we were watching it. I was thinking that exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, and then it, also, it, it, Bill Quist seems to uh, change sides right then and there. His speech, yeah. like made her come back to the old God side. I think I she, was, was cool. she was wavering anyway. I yeah. mean, that's what the episode is. He, they ask her, why have you been wandering around? You've been flitting from place to place. But she owns up to the fact that she saw Soria die. That kind of turned her around. This is uh, something where she could completely actually be eliminated yeah. in the middle of this war. And to your point, Mr. Nazi, they kiss. 
Monsieur Jacques was like, uh, what? I, I need a drink. <laughs> oh, I need a drink. I'm going to go fuck a cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he probably fucks that cat all the time. It's just yeah. hanging around. Which is, I mean, maybe they're like a thing. Yeah. That's why I like Shadow and the cat. It's a little weird. Oh, man. Is, are we getting a classic love triangle going on here? Yeah. Those two dudes and the cat. <laughs> It's like Heathcliff. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that. Was plot, that the plot? Of- a lot of that revolved around a human that was kept trying to have sex with Heathcliff. <laughs> it was like uh, how Gargamel kept trying to have sex with the Spurs, right? Yeah, or uh, Garfield, Odie, and John was this weird <laughs> sexual triangle. All I'm saying is, guys, if you're listening, go back and check out your old cartoons. There's a lot more going on there. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing you can take away is us ruining those things for you. Yes. So they all team up, get together. That's great. I'm glad to see that. It definitely focuses up the Bill Quist storyline quite a bit, which yeah. is nice. Uh, and then there's the last part of the episode, which is the Technical Boy stuff that's going on. Yeah. So uh, Technical Boy, uh, you mentioned this earlier, but it ends up looping back to that kid that we saw at the beginning of the episode. They knew something new instead of Argus. This dude has set up a massive massive corporation uh, and he goes and finds him. He's much older now, uh, no longer playing gay boys and wants to recruit him to the side of the new gods. Yeah. To sort of take the place of Argus since he has so much, uh, it seems like he is like maybe it's like an Apple type company uh, or so he has, he's in everyone's technology so he can watch them in the same way that Argus was going to. Right. Um, And pretty cool to be rich and successful enough that gods show up. He seemed pretty casual about it, yeah, to be honest. Like, yeah. like uh, I mean, maybe the point there is, if he is a Steve Jobs type figure, you do feel like you're close enough to being a god that yeah. you're like, oh, there's God. Nice. Glad to see you again. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think I have a 430 with Jesus, <laughs> so this is going to have to be quick, uh, yeah. technical boy. It'll also be interesting, because to kind of very quickly skip through what happens in the storyline, uh, technical boy tries to recruit him. Uh, it really doesn't work. He's clearly not turning him to his side. He's being a total dick about it, as usual. Mr. World comes in, gives the dude this code. He's completely entranced and forgets the technical boy is there. The technical boy gets one of those face grabber things that got on Shadow Moon in season one uh, and is taken off of the board. Yeah. Uh, But I do wonder, given that, are we going to be dealing with privacy issues or anything going forward? I think that would be an interesting thing to talk about potentially. And that's what I liked about this episode and a larger idea of the series is like, if this is a show that, uh, treated all of our modern issues as uh, gods and goddesses, then yes, an episode about privacy. It's sort of like Black Mirror, but from a more uh, mm-hmm. mythological uh, standpoint. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, one one thing I'm not 100% sure about, do you think they apply a uh, filter to Mr. World? Because when Mr. World walked into that scene, it looked like he was a little grayer and he was a little grainier than everything else. Yeah, I think he's he's made to look like, I don't know, the cover of uh, like a, the Nighthawk painting. Yeah. Uh, like he's like a little blurry. He's got like a top coat, the hat pulled down. He feels like he's like 1950s Americana. Yeah. It was, I hadn't necessarily noticed it in previous scenes, but him being in that white stark background, I thought it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's cool. I think they do a lot of like subtle uh, tricks with the way they make the show that I yeah. think is really cool. Now, how do you think, how do you feel about this move? With Technical Boy taken off, it's just Mr. World, it's just new media. How are you feeling about that team up? Just like me and my Instagram, I don't 
don't need anything else. <laughs> I'll take on everybody. With yeah, that. what's your Insta again? <laughs> JT Sizzler. Oh, nice. How often do you update that? Not very often. <laughs> so, uh, great follow. If yeah. you want to have... Uh, yeah, I got to tell you, that's uh, one of... Uh, there's plenty of social media that I don't update frequently, but Instagram is the one where I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do more here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for apologizing. I yeah. think we, the your followers, are. We've yes. been talking a lot. No, I get I, I get a fair amount of followers always signing up, and I'm like, I basically just post pictures of chips. That's pretty much it. If I that see some true. weird chips, that's yeah. what I post, and yeah. I'm not going to put any more effort into this. I'm really sorry. That's fine. I feel like the chip heads are there for you. Yeah. Uh, I thought, well, we were talking about sort of the crossover between new media and technical boy, and it sort of makes sense to eliminate uh, one of them, and you, yeah. in this uh, the the dude the the kid that we met with the the pianist um, he w- felt to me like technical boy's most powerful follower or worshiper and so when uh, he gets charmed over to Mr World New Media right. side by like looking at the algorithm or whatever that was right that they showed him he loses technical boy loses his most powerful chip and so he's vulnerable enough that Mr World just ices him out and it, it definitely streamlines the show like it's clear what new media is it's clear now what Mr World is that he's all the rest of technology technical boy was this thing that it always felt like i don't i don't know what his place is what what yeah. exactly is he doing here so there's certainly a bit of business going on in the show in terms of making everything simpler but we'll also see i guess if he comes back at some point. Yeah, to, to be a technical man. Ooh. Time to grow up. Technically a man. <laughs> yeah, just like us. Yes. <laughs> Anything else we should talk about with this episode? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, like I said, man, this is a, I really like this episode a lot. Um, and what do we have, six more episodes? Six more episodes. So uh, hopefully, hopefully this is pointing that it's going in the right direction. It felt like there was more visual flair this episode. Yeah. There's definitely a depth in terms of the speech that was going on. Uh, we did spend a lot of time on the car, which I know Pete's favorite thing. but They did say they did get in the car, and he did call the car Betty. So yes. Pete's going to really love that. Oh, man. I hope he survives. That's the main thing. Yeah. If not, uh, which one of us should go to his funeral? Um, yeah. He, we, he only wants one person. <laughs> Just there. one. Uh, why don't you go? I find the smell of Subway to be really revolting. Yeah. I'm not sure. I got to update my Insta. Yeah. It would be great. A funeral shot. Maybe chips at the funeral. <laughs> oh, I'll spread some chips over his body. You'll love that. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't die. I'm going to feel really bad about this podcast. Well, later. then we'll have to do this, what we just said. Oh, man. That'd be great. Repeat. Uh, who deserves your worship the most this episode? Mm, tough. I mean, I got a uh, Mr. Nancy, I think, based on that speech Ooh. alone, mm-hmm. I, that was just great. Uh, really loved it. Um, and then a, a second shout out to um, the the Elon Musk kid who grew up. <laughs> in, I, I worship that corporation. Oh, why not? I'll buy all their stuff. I'm going to say Mr. World in this episode. Man, mm. I just loved having the good old creepy uh, Mr. World, Crispin Glover back, him shoving his fingers into Technical Boy's eyes and just seeing the pixels rotating around yeah. it. Super creepy. Very cool. Love that. Yeah. Uh, are you still thinking, uh, are you more on the side of the new gods now or uh, less? I think they're good. Uh, I'm, I'm on the side of the new gods. I feel All like right. I, I was totally sold by Mr. World saying I'm not your enemy. Yeah, I agree. The new gods are more interesting. And I think that Wednesday doesn't give a fuck about the old gods either. Oh, no, no, no. He only wants his. Don't they say this at a certain point in his episode that he's only out for his own survival and that's yeah. it? Yeah. 
There you go. Uh, all right. Support us. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we'll worship you. What else do you want to plug? Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you at the subway below the... Yes. For Pete's funeral. Worship at our old meatball place. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co